I just don't want people to be afraid or scared to hop on a court and to enjoy this game. He was like, nah, man, don't paddle tap me. Go again. <laughs> and we played three more times. Okay, three more times. So there was like seven games that day. And those last three times, right, I pickled him all those three times. <laughs> but that video has not seen the light of day. I don't know if it ever will, but maybe I, I'll put it out there. But it, it is it is in my hard drive, right? Kind of tied at the, the hip now. And we'll go more into that later, but he is gonna be in a lot of these conversations because he does play a big part in my decisions and what I've done in pickleball strongly. Now you have something that kind of springboards the ball. What makes pickleball so special? Maybe it's the people that you meet. My guest, Will Chang, also known as Pickleball Will, share stories about the most significant person in his life that he met through pickleball. Will also talks about how he sees the game growing, where he draws inspiration in the way that he edits his videos, the role of being a ghost content creator for pros and big name brands, and paddle innovations. This is Building Pickleball. So, you need a clap or anything? Are you good? No, I'm just a little distracted because you came on my podcast and you're going to wear that 3-5 at best on my podcast. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> the disrespect. All right. Um, so welcome to another episode of Building Pickleball. Today, my guest is a photographer, videographer, video editor, and a content creator. Such projects include his own YouTube channel, Pickleball Will, which features paddle reviews, pros versus shows, and various educational and informational content. He's the other half of the Pickleball Studio podcast alongside his friend, Chris Olson, and he recently got hired by Selkirk to film and edit content for Selkirk University. Thanks for joining me, man. Man, thanks for having me. Wow, the accolades when you just were going down the list, I was like, oh, is that, is that really me? Because it doesn't sound like it's me sometimes. I think I'm in a dream. You're in a dream? Yeah. I mean, look at the, the space we're in right now. Do you feel in control of your dream? Never. Are you lucid dreaming right now? <laughs> I've never ever lucid dreamed, but I've heard great things. <laughs> this is this is kind of crazy. Wait, um, why? <laughs> Kyle came like two weeks ago. Okay. And then now you're here. It seems like just yesterday I was doing like all remote. It seems like actually just yesterday I like was talking to Steve Kuhn. And then it was just over like remote. But now I get like bunch of like people who have now become more like friends and it doesn't feel like these people are so distant from me anymore which is also like a very crazy feeling because when we first met which is like actually gonna be pretty funny because we first met at the yola media event yes we did yeah that was that that was the time i when i saw you i wasn't sure that it was you I was like, I think that's the building pickleball guy. I'm not sure, but there was no, I, I felt like there was not a lot of time to kind of mingle as much as we would have liked. We were just being kind of brought here, tossed around, you know, obviously playing with the paddles and you were, I could see you were a man on a mission. You were hunting <laughs> for that content. Like, oh, I, I want to talk to Ben Johns. I want to talk to Colin and Bright. And I was like, oh, I'm going to let him do his thing. I think that's him though. But we definitely linked up afterwards and then i just found out we had i would say like not a lot in common per se but we did because i didn't know that you were originally from northern virginia and we went to essentially you know 
I guess I don't know if I'd call them rival high schools, but you know, we went to we were in the same city vicinity. I might have bumped by you in the mall, or I saw you across the room at a Korean barbecue or something. But we've just never ever crossed paths. So to meet with you now and to kind of share that connection is is kind of cool. And I think we hit it off the bat because we had that connection. Yeah, yeah. I like ran into you. It's like kind of behind. I think it was like during a break at the event. By the way, yeah, this event was in Maryland, so it wasn't far from our hometown. But um, yeah, we just like it's funny because we're like both going in a path that we would intersect eventually. And I was like, yeah, that's. I had no, actually no doubt. I was like, because I remember I walked in there and I was talking to my brother. I was because I had been talking to you guys and I had shown him Jordan Briona, Jordan Brionis, and Chris. And I think you're in that video. It was a short of Jordan's. Uh, podcast studio and I remember I was like if these guys are doing this like I don't know what it's telling you but I know what it's telling me like we have to up our game Mm -hmm. and this is also the bar that is being like set right now yes yeah yeah the bar being set was something that obviously Chris and I talked about very early on when we first started doing content even when I got into before I met Chris I was like Oh man, the content out here is is pretty horrible, right? And at the time, because pickleball is exploding, it's still exploding, even now till this day. I think you just have to be present in the space to find success. You don't necessarily yeah. have to be good, but you it's only going to get better. People are, are need to get good, especially if you want to take pickleball, you know, to the heights that I think the community wants to go. Like the quality has to be up. And that was an easy way to distinguish myself, easy way for Chris to distinguish his himself. And now people are catching up, you know, you, other content creators, and more people are going to come into the space. And it's kind of cool to see because we're single-handedly elevating our community by putting out quality content. It's weird because I don't really look at like the content I put out and I like think it's very like quality. It's more like I know the like standard i'm trying to aim at That's good. i know the target but i don't it it just always feels like that it's like a moving target every yes. time you get closer it gets further every time you get closer it gets further but um something that did come up when you're talking about that is like elevate or like the growth of the industry elevating it um chris's thing is trust right like mm-hmm. he says he had like talked about how like I guess like among everything he wants to have like the one foundational element to be trust Mm -hmm. what do you think yours is or that what was one that you pursued early on Hmm. I would say trust is up there but for me I think approachability right I would say approachability and fun everything that I like about pickleball is what I want to push out in my videos. I want it to feel fun. I want it to be not taken too seriously. And I I just don't want people to be afraid or scared to hop on a court and to enjoy this game, right? And that's a reason why I actually did pros versus shows in the way that I edit those videos to make it funny. I was like, okay, these pros right now, they're just... 
they're just average people yeah you know they're just hitting this plastic ball over a net inside this box and that's kind of cool it kind of brings people together i you know you know you compare it to say tennis which is becoming much more approachable in recent years you know compared to decades ago right but it's still i would say a very elitist sport and it's really hard to get good at it's not very approachable like you don't have pickup games in tennis at least not anymore at least from what i can tell it's very difficult to play uh unless you've practiced for hours on end before you can even start playing yeah. pickleball is not like that and that's what i like about it and that's what i try to share in the content the videos that i make how long did you play tennis for Ooh, probably close to 20 years 18 20 years i've played tennis like kind of in and out i would say yeah so let's see i started in high school playing tennis and that's when i was what, 15 16 i'm 35 now and so i've but it wasn't always consistent right it's like recreational play with some friends but after i graduated college um some events some very traumatic events happened uh in my professional life right i was actually a leasing consultant like a leasing manager and this was what during the great recession people were losing their jobs left and right i had to evict people one of the people that i had to help evict yeah he committed suicide oh damn and i was like i don't want to do this anymore and so i just dove in playing tennis just to let out frustration just to get my mind off things and kind of that just kind of snowballed into me playing more tennis teaching tennis and uh yeah just enjoying tennis i still love tennis don't let you know you might have to edit that out some people might <laughs> think it's blasphemy or something i don't know <laughs> <laughs> that, that was going to be a topic for sure is about the tennis yeah. i didn't know about the uh the traumatic event that's definitely unfortunate yeah that uh kind of led me on the path of tennis and then just throughout my career working i never stuck with one thing hopefully i stick with pickleball now that i'm here to be quite honest how many years has it been uh since you've been it, which, since the day you started pickleball and then also content creation uh let's see making content for pickleball i would say it's been about two and a half maybe three i i started making content very early on when i first started playing pickleball right and it's been at least a little over two years because my first piece of content I made was actually when I was still living in the Washington DC area, Northern Virginia. I really just recorded my games and I thought it would just be funny to commentate over how I was playing. And those are my first two kind of pickleball videos. But at the time I wasn't thinking, oh, I'll make this into a channel or a career or anything like that. I just did that for fun and then I moved to Tulsa, Oklahoma and I think I made the chainsaw serve video. <laughs> I, I, I just had to do it and the story behind that is I went to, I learned how to do it back when I was in Virginia, right before I moved I learned how to do it because I saw Zane do it and I saw Morgan Evans do it in a video 
and I just wanted to see how it was done. And I kind of figured it out a little bit on my own. I was like, okay, how do you make it kick and whatnot? But I figured it out. And when I moved to Oklahoma, there was a tournament at OKC. It was one of the first kind of big tournament I went to. I went to it and I was wrecking people, just absolutely destroying people left and right. And in Oklahoma, everybody is real friendly, but they would approach me. They wouldn't even text me or anything. Some people got my number and they would literally call me, like talk to me over the phone. Like, hey, great job at the tournament. How did you do this serve? How do I read it? How do I combat it? And I'm not one to hold secrets, right? Uh, I would like, I like to think that I am a teacher and an educator. I mean, I am, I used to teach tennis, um, but I just want people to enjoy the game. So instead of just talking to everybody, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to make a video. And I made this video. It was well-received uh, in minds within the pickleball community. And that's when I was thinking, okay, maybe I can turn this into something because people really like this. And around the same time, Chris Olson from the Pickleball Studio also made essentially the exact same video. And I thought mine was good, but his was just way better. He had drone shots in there and everything. And I could tell he had the best quality that I've seen in like pickleball related videos. And that is what like spurned me to reach out to him. He used drone shots in yes. What happened? Like, why doesn't he use those anymore? Uh, I don't know. Maybe cause he doesn't own one. Maybe he, he rented it or maybe a friend had it and he decided to, to use it. But there was some, definitely some top down shots in that video when he was teaching it. And, um, yeah, I haven't seen drone shots from him since. Yeah, I saw it in your Selkirk video. I yeah. like that a lot. It's cool to see. Yeah. Um, that was actually stock footage. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, have me pulled. I did, I did have some drone footage that I actually hired somebody to take uh, drone footage for me at my local courts when I did the follow-up uh, like spin serve chainsaw video. Um, but yeah, having a drone footage just kind of elevates, you know, your product elevates your your content a little bit more. It's really nifty and cool to see because you didn't see too much of it at the time. But now you see it more, right? Yeah, it's funny. Casey and I, that's just like the drone and the time lapses. He's like in the course. He's just like, no one really did about it, but it's just like his B-roll. But then yeah. I'm like, I think now, I don't really know how old that course is, but the stuff now, like drones, they're not only used for like outside in nature, they're used for like home tours, mm -hmm. used for like real estate, which is super cool. I honestly, I like drone shots. Yeah, I, I do cool. too. It's just a different like perspective that we can't do ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Before you're going to, soon you're just going to be able to plop some sort of device in the center. I mean, you can do it now, right? The 360 cams, oh, they'll yeah. take a, an image of your surroundings and with AI and whatnot, you can kind of set a camera within 3D space anywhere and it'll make it. That technology is out there. Yeah, I don't, I still have no idea how those work, um, but that's not a space for that <laughs> right now. But before we got into this tangent, uh, mm -hmm. you did talk about like when you first met Chris. Mm -hmm. I think it's pretty significant. I don't want this to, of course. God damn it. I keep talking about Chris. No, on it's Kyle, fine. On this... the Kyle one, we talked about Chris. We joked around about him, but no, it's, it's of course, welcome it because yeah. we're all friends 
And something like you actually just mentioned was how you don't hold information. And I really appreciate that, that there's no, not a whole lot of gatekeeping. Yeah. Go into what happened right after that, after you messaged Chris and reached out to him. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's hard to talk about me without talking about Chris. Honestly, we're kind of tied at the, the hip now and we'll go more into that later, but he is going to be in a lot of these conversations because he does play a big part in my decisions and what I've done in pickleball, but also I think vice versa as well. And we can go into that as well. But at the time I just wanted to actually learn from him, from him because I was starting to just get back into video. And I said, okay, if I want to do this YouTube thing, I already knew that I was not a great editor or I wasn't fast. Okay. And I could tell he was just pushing out content. And I asked him, I said, Hey, would it be all right if I came to visit you and maybe we made some content together? Uh, you could teach me a few things. And it was a big ask coming from me because I mean, Chris didn't know me. He doesn't owe me anything. He's, he was probably at the time like, who is this random kid, you know, trying to come up here. This random like 30 year old man. No, he didn't know. He, he, he thought I was 18. He thought, he thought I was definitely younger than him for sure. Right. That's the, that's the funny bit about it. Um, but I made it very easy for him. I said, I'll come through. You don't have to house me or anything. I'll get my own place. I'll get my own car because also I don't know if I'm going to really like this guy too, but it was more of a professional development, like in, in the back of my mind, right? Just to learn from him. And I thought maybe we could be working peers, but he ended up becoming a really great friend. I would say he's probably one of like my best friends. Now I talk to him probably every day and, uh, and it was just a good experience. I learned a lot from him, but also I learned that he's not as, I guess at the time, uh, boring or stagnant, right? He has some personality to him and it's coming out more now in his content and his videos. And I would like to take some credit, some responsibility. Don't give for it that. to him, Chris. <laughs> give it to me. <laughs> you know, you want to Chris, uh, but yeah. And, uh, that's kind of how it started. And we just had a lot to talk. We have a lot in common. Just we've worked in the industry of freelance, doing photography, video for other people, other companies. And we're, we were at the time trying to find, um, trying to find meaning in our lives, trying to find work, trying to see what we're going to do for money and income. And it just came back to pickleball. And we would also talk about pickleball, uh, passionately just playing the game, improving. We just had so much in common and we had some really good conversations. And eventually I said, Chris, we have all this equipment, all this gear, these microphones, these cameras. We should just record it, turn this into a podcast. And he's like, ah, I don't know, man. I don't know if I want to do that. I want to focus on my channel, making the videos. Who's going to want to watch us and do the podcast? And I said, who cares? Right? If we're going to talk about it anyways, we might as well record it. And we had really good chemistry at the time. I, I knew, honestly, in the back of my mind, not even the back of my mind, I just knew. I was like, this is going to be successful no matter what. The space does not have any good podcasts right now. Because at the time, who did they have? They had Tyson. They had The Dink. But at The Dink, it was Tyson Apostle and 
it was not as organized. It's much better now with Zane. Yeah, much better now. And then at the time with Tyson, he would just rant about random things. McGuffin? Hey, yeah, McGuffin. Yeah. McGuffin, right? I'm sure he's better now. I don't really watch him that much. But yeah, there was nothing else. And I knew people wanted to talk and to listen, to hear about pickleball. And... Yep, that started it. The first pilot episode was actually on my channel, but I told him, like, hey, you have a bigger following right now. You should just also double post it on yours. And as we talked about it, it just ended up, I told him, I was like, just put it on yours. I don't care. I want this content to go out there. I just want people to see it. Yeah. Yeah. What did the first episode talk about? It was just about us and our experience, how we got into big ball, essentially. That's all it was, right? And what levels we were playing at. How do you distinguish between the different levels? To be honest with you, I don't even remember, but it was really bad. The title of it was not a pickleball podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's really bad. <laughs> <laughs> not that the new title is any better. Right. Uh, yeah, it's tough to make something sound good when you have pickleball as like the main thing. Right. Yeah. Let's take a moment to talk about the Viore Tradewinds tee. This is their performance tee. This has a perforated knit, UPF 30 plus, anti-chafing seams, and quick drying. This shirt is 89% polyester and 11% elastane. The Tradewinds tee also comes in a tank cut as well. When do I use it? Anything fitness related. If you like a more true to size fitted fit, I think all across the board Viore shirts are for you. If you're looking for something softer and something you can wear at home and out to dinner, I would look at the Strato Tech Tee. Matter of fact, I'm actually wearing it right now. Go to viore.com slash building pickleball. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but also free shipping on any orders of $75 or more, as well as free returns. Enjoy the rest of the show. Shout out to Chris for being like just, you know, a great punching bag, you know, but he leans into it now because he knows that's his skill. He, it takes a skill to lean into the things, but he has, and he's run with it. I mean, the whole three, five at best thing, I orchestrated that, but he really leaned into it, got the shirts and everything. Oh yeah. That's all. You think, no way Chris had whoa, that whoa, idea. This. This oh, gosh. Like really gets interesting. Oh man. Half the things Chris does. Some of that is like from me spawned from me right i wouldn't say that he wouldn't have gotten around to it and we do bounce off a lot of ideas off of each other and not to say that he doesn't have these ideas of his own but i would like to think that when he workshops them with me we elevate those ideas and like the podcast that we do shoot he didn't hear first yeah <laughs> he didn't want to do it that's me that was my idea and but with that being said if it was just my idea and I kind of spearheaded it, I don't think it would have become what it has become. That is thanks to Chris's hard work and his discipline and commitment to and his it. clones. Yes, and his clones. Right. Exactly. I'm just now a minion just following it. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm happy that he did take it over because it is definitely a pillar of his brand, my brand, and just of, of us and our friendship as well. Uh, but also the three, five at best, that was a, a joke that somebody else put in the comments. It was the first video that I did with him. Maybe the second one we played against each other and somebody in the comments said, Hey, I played against Chris before and 
socal and uh, yeah he was like 35 at best and, oh, and in the next pod dude, dude. in the next podcast i i said i looked at these comments and i screenshot it and i said hey do you know this guy this guy said you're 35 at best and it's funny because chris actually knows that guy but that just became an inside joke but very early on i knew that it was going to be a recurring theme and i didn't know how he was going to take it it was honestly that that joke was probably a, a testament to his tolerance and our friendship <laughs> what did he say because i know he's a super competitive person he's like no way there's no way i'm i'm three five but honestly like chris has watched that video like <laughs> back and we watch it back when i played him and i was like yeah chris you were three five at best at the time for sure and here's the thing if you go back and watch that video we played a best two out of three and like he's floundering around i just <laughs> totally i totally smoked him just like i wasn't even trying okay and the thing is is that what you don't know about that video is that after we filmed the best out of three he actually didn't want to, he was like nah man don't paddle tap me go again <laughs> and we played three more times okay three more times so there was like seven games that day and those last three times right i pickled him all those three times but that video has not seen the light of day i don't know if it ever will but maybe i i'll put it out there but it, it is it is in my hard drive right i was thinking about if he ever went pro or won like a 5-0 tournament or something like that you know and his his ego was getting too big i would just release that video say, hey don't forget where you came from. You want it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah, the 35 at best, he, he definitely leaned into it. Honestly, I should ask him for royalties on these shirts he's selling because it was it was it was me. <laughs> but no, 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 no. But th that's what I'm saying. Like I give him these ideas and he he runs with it. He leans into it. And uh it's it's been good. Even some of the ideas for the videos, like the the tier list and the first looks like not to say that he didn't have these ideas by himself but when we talk about it i'm i'm really trying to give him the angle of making it more entertaining because when you meet chris in person he's actually a very funny guy and he has jokes once he once you get to know him but in his earlier videos he's very robotic he read you could tell he read although very well he read from a teleprompter and right now everything is really well scripted but just pulling out those little bits of like personality and flair you know i would like to think that i had a big role in that just saying the whole past five minutes is just like a testament to the power of friendships and just like the beauty of friendships is like you push each other and like you're pushing each other in the maybe maybe not a weak area is the right word, but in the deficiencies. Right. Right. Like you helped him like just help him be more himself. Right. Exactly. It's like an amazing thing. And like he, like you were talking about it earlier when like the pattern reviews happened, he just like kind of forced you like, yeah, yeah. Forceful <laughs> nudge. And sometimes if you know someone well enough, you're like, that's what this particular person yeah, is. It's, yeah, this, that's what this person is capable of. And I think we both see that in each other. And it's honestly helped us become better content creators and better professionally and just better people, right? I mean, without him, 
I don't know if I would have stuck with making content. And honestly, he's the one who actually helped me get the job at Selkirk. They actually reached out to him and was like, hey, do you know anybody who would be interested in doing this? And um, Chris like pitched it to me and uh, he knew that I wanted to make my own thing, do my own thing. And he wasn't sure that I would take on the job, but he said, he's like, hey, talk to Will there's probably nobody else I highly like I can recommend more highly than will for like this position to make content and talk about paddles and uh, you know just do the quality of work that you know you would like you know when he was speaking to Selkirk and also he's shown me he's he's kind of just led the path like also sh- showed me the discipline like he's the one who says like, hey let's do the podcast this week let's batch a few like without him like I wouldn't have been able to be consistent you know, with the podcast and that consistency, even though it doesn't really show right now, but it's, it's, it's small, it's building blocks. It's just helping me, you know, be more consistent in just making content. Like right now I've probably made more content than I've ever had before. The only thing is that that content is for other individuals or companies or whatnot. Uh, right. Yeah. Uh, trials of a ghost content, content creator. creator. Right. Exactly. So yeah, he's definitely made me more disciplined methodical and of course like helped me just more in the technical aspects of uh creating video and content not that i didn't have some of that knowledge before not that i didn't have that resource but i really value the insights and the kind of the discipline that he has and that's world class yes you you don't get that from a regular per you can get that from a regular person but you will never see a world-class person that does not have that trait right exactly right and that's what honestly yeah that's what i needed in uh kind of like my life you know personally and professionally it was just discipline and uh finding that balance as well you know it's it's hard being stretched in different ways and learning how to prioritize. And I know he's not the best at it either, but I think he does a much better job than I do. But a lot of our conversations now is him prioritizing what he wants to do and him helping me try and prioritize what I should be working on. Like what's going to be the best thing for me to do right now that will lead to something more for me personally, professionally later on. That's dope. Yeah. A good person to have in your life oh yeah for sure yeah, yeah. no matter how nasally his voice is <laughs> yeah i was i was curious to see uh how long our friendship would last when i met him in person i was like oh man this this might be rough i don't know if i'm gonna get sick of him but i haven't it. it's fine we do the podcast every week together so i hear that voice it's like okay yeah you know it's not that bad i never really noticed it was that bad until you and porter bar and his brother put those videos oh story really video. you saw that <laughs> Dude, I couldn't stop laughing. It lives rent free in my head. Every now and then, I'm just like walking around my house, like doing work, and like I'll like take a break. I'm just like, "Hey, what's up, guys?" <laughs> <laughs> it lives seriously. It's in my head. I just like it makes me smile. I'm like, "Damn, that's hilarious." I need to find the clip of James Ignatowicz doing it. Oh, are you serious? Yeah, we were. It was supposed to be like a reel or a video, but the audio messed up. But there is still a portion or a clip where. He's like, I'm going to do a mimic or mockery or imitation of Chris Olsen from the Pickleball studio. 
and he did it. It was so funny. Hey, what's up, guys? And then um, uh, he just, I don't know, he just went in on it. But I need to find it, I guess. It was That's funny. Awesome. What makes a paddle stand out to you? Not like you've pointed out what makes a paddle stand out to Chris, but to you personally. Uh, Really, now, it's it's kind of hard because I think it's hard to make a bad paddle now. And you, I feel like you have to try to make a bad paddle because the tried and true technologies, at least currently, are all out there and uh, it's all kind of being commoditized. Right now, what stands out to me is design and innovation, right? So different shapes, like that bird paddle, that's like with that pistol grip. I think that's kind of interesting. And also uh, when Didem came out with like the three core paddle that's like sandwiched with three cores essentially it's like some nomex and then regular polypropylene uh on the upper and the lower and then the paddle face just innovating on those kind of things and making these paddles look more modern and more sleek right those really stand out to me first and then of course it has to play well right the for me right now, it is this very interesting feeling from different areas of the court and for different reasons. I like something more powerful for drives, like in the baseline and transitioning to the kitchen zone, but you kind of want something soft to reset things and to dink and to have that feel and that feedback. But then you can also go the opposite route because if you want to attack, you want something that also punches very fast. And to get all those traits into like the right ratio is is really difficult right now. And people are trying and people are finding success in these different companies, you know. But really the first thing is kind of the what it feels like trying to reset a ball. I think that's the first thing that kind of like hits me. How I reset a hard hitting ball and how I do my my first drive. That kind of sets the tone and the vibe for if I like a paddle or not. And then very close second is if something is different from aesthetic standpoint or design standpoint that can be easily pointed out that can actually make an actual difference that doesn't feel like so much of a gimmick. What do you think of the holes? Yeah, the holes, I'm just like, meh. I don't think for, for what they market it for, I don't think it makes a difference. But I do think it's also innovative because it helps with like for future iterations that throat area that connects to the handle that could be made of different materials that could have different you know flex points and that could make the performance of the paddle play very differently in the future so i like seeing that that a little bit of innovation so i actually like seeing the hole but not for the reasons that people say like oh it's for aerodynamics or and whatnot i think Carl Schmitz was talking about, uh, cause I, I thought it was aerodynamics mostly. He's like, yeah. no, it's stability. It's, it's stability. Structure. And I was like, oh, like right now, I just thought about like, if you look at a bridge, mm-hmm. not all bridges, most bridge, not all bridges have a center point. They just like boop. Right. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, uh, for flexibility, right. Just look at yeah tennis rackets, right. They have oh, a throat, yeah. right. There's no. There's nothing in that area, and 
maybe there are some tender rackets that you know have that area filled up but there's some innovation that can be made there because if you think about it right now they, they talk about the deflection test okay and that tests the deflection from the face okay like so they push out a machine down to the face of the paddle and then that gives you a reading back now you could have a hard face but imagine if that paddle bends at the throat area like very strongly now you have something that kind of springboards the ball right and that would essentially pass a deflection test off the paddle face right so is anyone working on this probably you know people have thought about it for sure but here's the thing the the guidelines and the transparency for you know what's being tested and how paddles are being tested is not very transparent so you could imagine if you're a company right and you want to innovate these things but if the guidelines aren't transparent and you make something you put it out to market and then all of a sudden like a couple months later they just change the rules on you because it's not transparent and then you just spent all these tens of hundred thousands of dollars doing r d and then you have your customers being upset that would suck and so no company is going to want to try and push something out there at least to the mass market without knowing what is going on right with the the paddle testing and the guidelines that speaks volumes to the smaller companies that are willing to like push the boundaries right exactly and also says a lot about larger companies i won't name the names but larger companies that have put out very to put it nicely disappointing products uh-huh. <laughs> yeah the more I look at Selkirk, I'm like, they they almost like don't get the credit that they deserve. It's also probably because they've been around for so long, mm-hmm. but they've like constantly reinvented themselves for sure. But what have you learned from working with Zane? Mm. I've learned that working can be fun. <laughs> it doesn't always have to be just go, go, go or real serious. And uh, Zane is uh, very fun, but also he can get serious at times as well. And I've learned that you kind of have to diversify yourself and brand yourself a little bit more than you think. Like whatever you're doing, right, double it, you know, 10x and double down on kind of the things that you're known for, right? Zane is to me now... uh, a meme machine just the things that he does and whatnot and i think he knows it right and he kind of plays into it but not he leans into it right i think learning to lean into some of these things really helps you kind of expand and grow but also Zane does everything he's doing the youtube stuff he's made short content he does teaching clinics uh and uh, what else is he doing? You know, obviously he's selling paddles. He has the brand. He's on some of the committees for MLP, I think. Uh, how old is he? 28, 29. Are you serious? Something like that. Yeah, he's not that much older than Chris. I'm pretty sure he's a little bit older than Chris. Holy it's crazy because I remember watching his, like, just him early in Franklin days and when he had his, like, serve. Um, but not just that, but like you go on YouTube and he was having those closed practice sessions with, I, I think his name's like Jerry something. It's like an Asian dude who looks like 
very unassuming and then johnson cola and it's they're in this closed indoor facility and they just had these like practice sessions i was like damn it looks so cool and that was only like two or three years ago zane had yeah oh yeah i keep forgetting that you won that mlp but um he's very like up and down like it's weird how like mlp some people really shine but it doesn't necessarily reflect in ppa or app yeah that is interesting and i think it just has to do with the format right and the energy i mean zane says it all the time mlp is not about pickleball it's about energy and uh he brings he brings the energy and i think if your team doesn't have a lot of energy you're not going to do well and i find that to be true for the most part now that i think about it drops well yeah the mad drops energy right right exactly you just have to have good energy and good vibes it's just hit irena Paris and Rafa. Yeah. Yeah. Some pretty good uh, energy right there. So I learned that you know, kind of from from Zane. But also there's some business aspects, at least just seeing the things, the things that he's trying to do, you know, hiring editors, hiring people to do his social media. He is, uh, I think, uh, translating some of his content in other languages now too he so doesn't smart. doesn't know if it's going to blow up overseas but he's like this is a small kind of cost to pay now and who knows right so especially if he's the first to right. do it right exactly it's just kind of diversifying your brand in your portfolio that's kind of what i'm learning a little bit and more of from zane but there's still a lot to learn i really need to focus on just you know making my own content and getting a few things right and done before i really think about expanding into other things even though i am right now very interesting man we're so different and i'll tell you why yeah well like first was the uh stuff earlier about sharing i'm a very uh, i think it's because i'm a, the youngest child child it's not necessarily and a bad thing either to like close things off as well you can also share too much right but yeah. also you may not be in a position or a right state of mind or the right time in your life to share things yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's a good point. Uh, but what I was thinking of was when you're talking about how like you need to like focus on your brand. Yeah. When I when I wrote down this list of like current projects or like what is Will working on in addition to what you had told me, the list just like kept going on and on and on. And yes. I was like, I would have said no, like. Mike, if anyone asked like current projects, it would have just stopped at like their like, <laughs> current project. <laughs> That's like it. Like no I, S, I, I no try plural. to say no. And I, yeah, people don't get to like hear this side of me because I don't really say it in the, uh, in the emails or texts or DMs when people reach out, but I have to say no. Mm-hmm. I don't mean to sound like a dick, but I have to say no because of my own mental health, but also like I need to prioritize what I'm doing. So like, um, what I'm trying to get at is you have a lot of projects. You say, it seems like you say yes a lot. And you just mentioned the thing about sharing, uh, how do you come to the decisions on what to say yes to and what to say no to? Right. Well, now I'm being a little bit more selective. I think the yes to everything is kind of slowly fading into the the sunset now but the way that i said yes before was well before it was purely financial like if i could make some decent amount of money and i was strapped 
for for cash essentially so that played a big role into what i said yes to but also it's what potential relationships can i build like how could this potentially benefit me in the future and it kind of goes back to those four currencies if i spend this time to do this what can i do what can i gain like working with zane that was a project that was actually given to me by Chris because Chris used to film and edit the videos for Zane before he moved and when he moved to Austin oh because he lived in Minnesota exactly and Zane was in Wisconsin it was really easy for him to do but when he moved he didn't have anybody and then uh Chris was like hey Will did you want to do it I know like Oklahoma is not too far and Chris what a generous guy yeah he's a generous guy Chris is also a very generous guy I would say and I was, I said, in my mind, uh, it kind of fit all the things like I needed. This is right when I decided to go pickleball full time, but I didn't really know where my next paycheck was going to come from. So that was kind of an easy decision. But also I said, oh man, I get to, you know, talk and build a relationship with Zane. It could have been, and it did become a... YouTube video on mine, pros versus Joes against Zane. And that relationship has uh, grown into other relationships. And that's what got me the job at Beer City Open. He introduced me to Andrea Coop. And at the time, even then, I didn't really necessarily want to work that event as a videographer and working with because I've done that before and I know how stressful it can be. But I did it because of the potential relationship to build with Andrew Cooper. I also wanted to go to Beer City Open. I thought it would be a cool event. Everybody talks about it, you know, in high praise and high regard. And I decided to just kind of, you know, do it, right? Just to see what it was like. And it was an experience that I would gain. And uh, that's what I said yes to. What's the other things that I said yes to? Uh, I guess the work with uh, Selkirk as well. Do you want me to lift, list off all the things? Yeah, you can list. I don't even <laughs> remember what I told you, to be quite honest with you. Your channel, Pod with Chris, Zane, oh. Beer City Open, oh. uh, which is not just filming, but also social. Yeah. Uh, the Tulsa community, yes. uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma community. Yes. Um, and the rest is mostly stuff for yourself, but then the Selkirk University. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, well, those kind of projects I said yes to because I just wanted to fill my time, right? When you kind of dive deep into a new endeavor or you're trying to be entrepreneurial, trying to build a business, sometimes you don't know. Most people, like good business people, probably have a plan, like a business plan, you know, to figure out what they want to do. I did not. I just kind of went into it. I said, you know what? I'll just say yes to a bunch of things and hopefully things will work out. And luckily and fortunately for me, things have just now started working out. But obviously I want Pickleball to grow where I live in my community. There is a need for it. And back to my mission of just spreading joy of Pickleball, I was like, of course I can do that if there's more courts. And also the person who is spearheading that project, his name is James Moore. He's a good buddy of mine. And uh, we moved to Tulsa, Oklahoma around the same time. And, uh, I took some lessons from, he's a coach and, uh, he wanted this to happen. And we just, 
kind of vibe and some every now and then he asks me to help him out with a few graphics or to hear my thoughts and be sharing <laughs> again just kind of what i know i gave it to him and now like this facility that we dreamed up like two years ago it's it's happening and it's a lot thanks to him and his hard work like building the business plan and whatnot and but i remember staying up with him trying to build the pitch deck so that he could go to investors to hey say hey we need this we need to talk about this uh we need money to build this facility this is how much money we need this is how much revenue we can generate and uh we manifested we made it happen and that was really cool so i'm actually very happy that that project is taken off because it literally went from nothing to something um and i don't even remember the other projects you were talking about that you listed off now <laughs> There's only really one other one, which is Selkirk University. Man, that feeling must be great to, like you said, like you, those late nights with James mm -hmm. and you're going from an idea, which is, it doesn't live anywhere. You, It's intangible. You can't see it. You right. can't feel it. You can't smell it. You can't taste it. That'd be probably be pretty weird if you could taste that <laughs> idea, but you, we can't like hold it. Yeah. Right. But then like for you to be able to see it now where it's like grown into a physical thing and it's yeah. happening, it's growing. It's like progressed into from like this child into like maybe a teenager right now. <laughs> yeah. It's just like a growing pains right now. I think they're just yeah. uh, doing the demo at the building. Yeah, that's huge right now. That's awesome. Yeah. Like you're literally embodying your mission of trying to spread pickleball and also joy. It's like, you're not just taking it from the content side. So now you, you Honestly, you're kind of looking at like the way Zane does. If you're looking at like your mission instead of like his brand is like himself, but you, if you look at your own personal brand mm -hmm. and your, if your brand is spreading joy and pickleball, you're spreading it through an online community, yep. you're spreading it through, um, and now a physical facility. Mm -hmm. And then now also Selkirk University, I mean, ladies and gentlemen, this guy is literally embodying the, the very thing that he's been talking about. And that doesn't happen often, right? Like actions don't always match up to words. Ideal world, we want them to. Mm -hmm. But to see you doing that is like, yeah, I would clap, but that'd probably be very awkward. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't a, do it. We're going to add a little sound just effect. Just a standing ovation. Oh, uh, well, thank right you. Now. I appreciate it. I guess I never really thought about it like that either. So thank you for those kind words. Um, yeah, when you put it in that perspective, it's it's kind of yeah, it's kind of crazy because people tell me all the time, "Oh, well, you're doing a good job." Or I'm I'm proud of you, and I said, "For what? I'm just doing me, being me, going out there, playing pickleball. Sometimes there's a video involved. <laughs> Sometimes there's not. The best thing you can do is just be yourself. Right. Like it's great that you're not trying to be anyone else, and I mostly say it because I'm also trying to like be that person too mm -hmm. it's just trying to be yourself but also like i don't mean to keep blowing smoke up your ass, but <laughs> for you to take like this financial sacrifices and say and putting money secondary to your mission you see like how that paid off yes like right like you didn't want money wasn't a priority in the beginning you're like I'll invest all the money. I'll like put everything into it now and then we'll gamble and we'll see what happens. Right. And it you're seeing up. the chips yeah. line up now. 
Right. It doesn't always work that way, right? <laughs> for for everybody, and uh, you know, you'll take a lot of losses. But I've the thing is, is that I've been I've I've had other endeavors in my life where I did put money second, but some of those didn't work out. But I was able to recuperate. I was able to recover. And once you kind of dig yourself out of that hole you built for yourself, that you dug for yourself, and you did it successfully, you're like, okay, I can do it again. I have the knowledge and the skills to kind of start anew, right? Because I am confident that I can get out of this again. But, you know, for the first time, sometimes it's for, for first timers trying to do that, it's, it's scary. And even for second and third times, if if it's your third time, it could still be scary. But I just kind of knew that I don't want to look back on my life feeling that kind of regret, right? You hear it all the time. I want to live my life with no regrets. And, uh, don't you have a tattooed somewhere on you? No, I don't. Oh, yeah. you got all the tattoos. I, I thought I saw on your lower back or play pickleball. You had like no regrets there. <laughs> yeah, except when I pop up a ball and then I instantly eat it. I'm like, oh, yeah, point at the tattoo. Definitely regrets. <laughs> man, that's like incredible here, man, because literally like the success stories don't happen that much. Really, the percentages aren't that high. Like, right, like of all the things that you mentioned of like, like pouring money into something and then seeing the return, usually it ends at I poured money into something Yeah, and I didn't see it, the return. So uh, just like, yeah, hats off, man. Like, thanks. Appreciate it. I think based on the conversations I had in the past with like Dale Young and Joey B from the Pickleball Exchange, Mm -hmm. if you do things from a good place it will come back to you in a way that we won't really know, but mm-hmm. it'll come back to you. And proof is in the pudding, like your evidence of that. I sort of live my life now by what I like to call the four currencies of life. How'd you know I was going to ask that? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you can read my mind. <laughs> it's literally, yep. Was it the next thing? The first thing, first time we met. First time we had a conversation, you mentioned four currencies of life. Right. You remembered that? Of course. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> did it, does it stick with you? <laughs> or like, why did you remember that? Like our first conversation we had, but it's also like that, that's stuff I like, mm. right? I don't remember like, it's like time, wealth, relationships, I think like work or something like that. But like, I don't, I may not remember it exactly, but it's the same in the same vein of many things I like and appreciate, but it's also just like, it's a philosophy. Of course, those are very easy to remember. Right. It's also just has a very easy line for currencies, currencies of, of life. life. Right. Um, yeah, we can go into it. It's basically a uh, time or basically in your life, you exchange four things or a combination of four things for the other of anything of value, right? Anything of value, anything you're trying to get, there are four currencies. So it's time, it's knowledge, it's like money or assets, and it's relationships. And, you know, you just think about it. You go to school, you're spending money, and you're spending time to try to get knowledge, right? You go to work, you're spending your time and your knowledge trying to get money. Right now, you and I, we're spending time we're building a relationship. We're also making content, you know, 
and you are kind of extrapolating this to build a relationship with an audience that you're trying to build for your platform, right? I'm just here to talk to you. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> I was going to say this falls under the relationships. Yeah, this does fall under the relationships and the most, the most valuable is time because it's, it's finite, you know, for people, for individuals. But I think the most important is relationships, because if you have a good relationship with somebody, you theoretically have access to their knowledge, their time, their relationships, and potentially their money and their assets. And when I think about it, when like this whole entire pickleball journey, like when I reached out to Chris, that was time and money well spent because that relationship has turned into something way more fruitful than I could have ever imagined at the time. And even pun intended, yeah, <laughs> pun intended. And even in 2022, 2021, when I moved from Washington DC, I was not in a great financial situation, but I made the decision that I wanted to do something in pickleball and 2021, 2022, when, when I did reach out to Chris, we, I also traveled a lot to events and tournaments and I spent money that I definitely did not have. Right. And, uh, I'm, I'm still, uh, kind of recuperating from the consequences of those decisions, those financial decisions. But I knew that if I spent this money and this time right now, I could potentially build relationships with the movers and shakers in the pickleball world and the community and that could turn into something else so i really i really i really betted on myself gambled on myself and now we're here if you told me that one day somebody else will be trying to interview me <laughs> i would be like you're crazy <laughs> you know ask me to be on their podcast that's kind of wild to me but here we are I mean, man, those are the things that you want to spend money on, right? Like work, uh, spending money on work and education. Those are like things that are going to compound over time. Right. Um, but also you spent it on relationships too, which mm -hmm. is such a, you did it early, man. It's a great idea. Right. I, yeah, I did it early because I knew with the trajectory pickleball was going and with the money that's coming to the space, the gates are being built. The wall is being built. Yeah. Right. And I wanted to essentially have the key already made for me, right? So I can get through or have the piece of real estate within the inner circle all right now, have those relationships now so that when the gates are up, somebody will come from the other side to open the door for me. So now, you know, I have a relationship with uh, some pros like Zane, Jay DeVillier. I played and, you know, we've met Steve Kuhn and, uh, you know, we're just kind of, in there and some people you know they know they know me they know chris and it's a lot easier to navigate the space and to get the things that i want to make the things that i want that's that's such an invaluable like the action that you took it's like you the way you invest in it though it, it is very strategic it's great um open up the doors at the highest level Right. And then like it will like trickle down. But if you like opening up doors at like a like just right above you, it's like okay. Right. If you open up at the highest level, then yeah. And you also but you also proved yourself as an asset and you have a lot of value. Like Zane wouldn't hire you if mm -hmm. you didn't have that. 
you today, um, for those of you, for everyone listening, like Will got in yesterday <laughs> and then we, he was like, mind you, he, ar- he also already came from Beer City Open like two weeks ago yeah. and then he came from Seattle last week and then um, he just spent like the, basically the entire day, like the whole like nine to five filming for Zane, uh, obviously you can take that with, they got to play. So, <laughs> so, so, so I got crazy. Let's not get crazy now. Uh, no, but, uh, filming, which is, I don't really even know how to quantify what that work is like, but, um, yeah, you proved yourself as an asset and you, and your value. And it's like, and you also, something that you have is that, that you've developed over time is your style. That's something that I have not, I don't, I don't have the right to say I've found that yet because it's been such a short amount of time, but Mm -hmm. like your style is recognizable and a lot of people like, like it. Mm -hmm. Where did that style come from? Oh man, the style, the style comes from, and it's ever evolving and changing. Right. But the style of the videos and stuff that I do comes from the things that I like already that are outside of pickleball. So, I watch a lot of gaming, right? I, I watch a lot of uh, content creators who stream. So I take a lot from what I see from them, like the sound effects that I put in some of my videos and whatnot. That's all inspirational or, or stolen from them. And also I take it from my uh, at least the pacing and and kind of the energy i take that from my days when i was a b-boy back in the day and that leads into my buddy joseph lay who is a highly talented like very creative uh action designer filmmaker artist he like how i got into filmmaking was because of him is this team red pro Team Red Pro. Is this guy looking at my notes? No, I have no idea. Dude, stop but copying me. <laughs> I've watched your videos, Jeff. I know the flow of things a little bit. <laughs> it just makes sense to go into. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, man. Yeah, my buddy Joe. Uh, we used to dance together, and uh, he wanted to make some films, some martial arts stunt action type of films, and. I remember when we we grew up, we you know watched Jackie Chan, you know Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Jet Li. We we were in that space, you know Bruce Lee. We watched it all, and he asked me to be in some of his videos, but I was I said I don't know how to fight, I don't know how to do any of this. But he taught it to me, and he taught me how to perform and to do things on screen, and that led to me learning the technical things to be more of an asset to the team. And now my buddy Joe, he is doing amazing things. He's in Hollywood. He helped design some of the action sequences and part of the team that did Shang-Chi, the Marvel Disney movie, Shang-Chi with Simu Liu. So he told me he would call me after some of the long days. He's like, yo, I just whoop Simu Liu's ass in Tekken. <laughs> you know, it was so funny to me. Which <laughs> or character Super Smash. was he? Uh, I don't even know. Oh, yeah, J- Joseph... I don't even know, to be honest with you. He probably plays law, if anything. <laughs> Maybe Eddie Gordo, probably. You know, X, Y, X, Y, just button mashing. Who knows? 
uh but his style his editing his knowledge uh had a great impact on me so that and the kind of games that we played and i just try to bring all that stuff into the content i create and really the content i create my mindset is is more or less that it's it's not for people out there. It's actually for me. I want to look back at my content and be proud of it and that I could watch it again and get entertainment out of it. If nobody else watched it, I don't care. So I make stuff, number one, for me, and then number two, for everybody else. It's interesting you say that. Rick Rubin says that. Uh, he says, your audience is actually you. Yeah. He says, like, the, your audience isn't. Like, that's not who you should be making stuff for. You should just be making it for you. Right. No, that makes sense. Because if you make it for you, then that's how it stays authentic in my opinion yeah if like if you truly believe that like everyone is unique mm-hmm. or, like most people are unique then if you're like constantly making stuff for you rather than like what's trendy or like what you think people expect yeah then, or the algorithm <laughs> which stop looking at my notes dude <laughs> well really <laughs> Ooh, um, your mind, Brian. Dude, this guy's playing Jedi mind tricks. Yeah. Let's Somebody go. help me, Kyle. Help me. <laughs> um, that is something I did want to talk about. Is like analytics and the algorithm. How does that influence you or affect you if it does at all? Hmm. It doesn't affect me all too much, in my opinion. I, well, no, let me take that back. It, it does because I wanted to do paddle reviews, right? And I knew that those videos get numbers just knowing what Chris does, right? And the numbers that he gets. But I, I still wanted to do them as well. And the numbers do affect me because you get that dopamine hit when you see people are commenting or liking your videos or sharing it, right? You do get that dopamine hit. And you do try and chase it, but honestly, I think about it sometimes. And if nobody watched it and and it was just for me, like I'd be happy with it, right? As long as I enjoy it and I could watch it with some of my friends five, 10 years down the road. It's like, hey, I made this, we made this, right? Maybe my pros versus Joe's against Chris when I went to go visit him. If nobody, I don't, that's still my favorite video to this day. I put a lot of time and effort into that. I don't know how many views it, it has or it got but i know 10 years from now i'll probably still be friends with chris unless i don't know something crazy happens but we'll go back and we'll watch this video together and we'll say hey man this is us <laughs> remember how i beat your ass <laughs> eddie gordo <laughs> shout out shout out right um back to like analytics so like click through rate average view duration <laughs> and your ranking by views doesn't affect you it kind of does but also not I, I think it's it's funny you, you say that because i think if i started content creation five years ago when i'm maybe when i'm in my late 20s it probably would have affected me more but now i would like to think that i'm older and wiser and i just I just don't care <laughs> At least I try not to care, and I I don't want it to affect me. And th- that's just kind of how I I choose to to view it. I also think 
all the time too. If, uh, if I stop making content, right? How much would I care? Would I be, how sad would I be? Right. If you stopped creating content, if I start, yeah, if I just, if I was no longer a pickleball will, <laughs> would I be content with no my, content. my, my life <laughs> as it is right now? Or, or, or like right now I'm making content for other people. Would I be content making content for other people? Or would I just be like, if I had a nine to five job that wasn't involved in pickleball, but my life was balanced, like, could I let pickleball will go? <laughs> you don't think so, huh? <laughs> I'm thinking about you and I'm thinking about myself. I yeah. Would... When I say pickleball will go, like the brand, the content, the channel, I mean, I would still play. I think I could be happy still. Speaks for one of us. It speaks for one of us? <laughs> right. No, that, I mean, that's, that's fair to yeah. say, but also at the same time, I know I'm going to keep going. I'm not going to stop because I'm in a unique opportunity. I'm in, I'm in a unique point in my life and I have a unique opportunity to do well. My dad always said, say, if you have the opportunity to do something, you might as well do it well. And also, I also think about the sunk costs, like the sacrifices I made, right? So I don't think I could let it go, you know, just yet. But if I had to, for whatever reason, I think I would still be happy or at least I would try and be happy. So yeah. So that's why I don't let those analytics and those things kind of bother me. If I did, right, I probably would have more subscribers, more followers, more views and whatnot, but I don't. And yeah. honestly, it's fine. To me, being involved in pickleball, at least on the media side and kind of like quote unquote being an influencer, I am perfectly happy and content being a collaborator. So obviously I do my own stuff. I'm in some of Chris's videos. I help Zane do his. I'm in some of Shay Underwood's videos. I'm in some of Kyle Kazuda's videos and I help them with their content. And I enjoy that, that collaboration part, that really pumps me up versus doing stuff for my own channel and on my own. And I don't know why that is. It's also probably the reason why maybe I didn't find as much success in other uh, endeavors and career paths I've did in the past is because I, maybe I wasn't selfish enough. I don't know, but it's just not me. And back to what you're saying, you know, all, what was it? Um, uh, tide lifts all boats, ships, ships, boats. <laughs> boats. We'll go with boats. Yes. We're doing little, boats. Uh, <laughs> little row boats. <laughs> yeah. I'm no, I mean, little, I just got some floaties on. You know, uh, yeah. I'm pretty get... much just on a life raft right now. <laughs> you guys are on like, I think like Kyle's on like a yacht right now. Oh, like he's definitely on a Chris yacht. Chris is, Chris is on this nice sailboat. True. Or a catamaran or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, What's that one boat? It's like basically just like a rectangle and it's just like flat and it's just like pretty slow. A ferry? <laughs> are you a ferry? You, you are kind of like fairy. You like bring people with you. Yeah. You're like, you know what? I'm going to go, yeah, I'm gonna go my own pace. Yeah, yeah. Like we got Jeff over here, Jeff Lee Pickleball. <laughs> and like, he's like, Hey, come on, man. You want to you wanna call my fairy? Jeff's like, yeah, let me park my Toyota Camry on your favorite on your fairy. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, uh, we are definitely two totally different people in that regard, but what you're saying is very admirable. And it's also like a very, like, the world needs people like that, right? The world doesn't really need more selfish people right now, but the world definitely needs more people who are living with like an open hand rather than like a closed hand. And you're like helping people out. And the word that came to mind 
which I don't even know if this is like an if there's like an actual technical term for this, but I look at you as like a a ghost content creator. A ghost content creator. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like you kind of are. Like you work with Zane, but mm-hmm. you don't really take credit for it. No. Um, and that could also just be the agreement that you guys have. But like the thing you mentioned, like working with Jay and uh, like Shay and Kyle and uh, Chris. Lord knows how much work you've done for Chris. <laughs> how much you've been just. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I heard probably minuscule. <laughs> I've been back I feel like I do. I did do a lot of work for Chris, but here's the thing: Chris does so much work that it's kind of crazy. At this point, I'm convinced he found a way to clone himself and and do all this work. I don't understand how he gets so much done. It's kind of crazy to me. And yeah, that guy just just keeps going. But I like that term though: the ghost content creator. Yeah, you heard it here first. Building pickleball said it. <laughs> yeah, the ghost content creator. And no, I like that. And and really, it just kind of goes back to, I guess, my kind of mission statement, I would say, for pickleball when I kind of started this journey. I just wanted to share my love and joy of pickleball with other people, and I want them to experience the same love and joy. And if I can do that by helping Shay make a video or Kyle or Chris or you, or Selkirk, or whoever, it all aligns with my goal and my mission, right? And what I'm trying to do. And that's through my own- What is your mission? Yeah, like I said, my mission is to spread my love and joy of pickleball to others, and I want other people to experience the same love and joy. That experience, when you get into some crazy rally, and some crazy hand battle, and you reset it, there's a lob in there, there's a few overhead smashes, and then you you kind of get that elation of winning is inf- is infectious and it's addictive and to see people who who don't compete in anything or don't participate in sports for the, to see them for the first time to get that experience and to be a part of it whether you're on their team or not or you're on the other side i love that yeah. i love watching people get that experience of like oh my gosh that was the craziest thing i did that and i'm like yeah you freaking did that that was I you lost the point but yeah it's still dope yeah exactly that is so cool like i'm chasing that i want other people to chase that feeling too and so that's why i help other people you know make you know content. how you can help me feel like that how just get this video to just pop off. <laughs> we'll start saying some viral shit. Uh, no, nah, I'm just kidding. Uh, that's great, man. Like, no wonder you and Chris are good friends. Like, I would love to have, well, I'm not saying, like, I don't have you as a friend, but to have someone cl- close that has that passion to just want to, like, spread joy and wants to see other people happy, like genuinely wants to see other people happy, yeah. is there's not enough of that in the world where I don't think. And there's not just that, but you're doing it. Like it'd be one thing if you're like uh, like an up and coming like content creator, but you're doing it from a po- you have a position in the industry, mm-hmm. and most people start to like close their hand a little bit yeah. when that happens. But you, you're like if anything, you went from having one hand out to having like two hands out. Yeah. And you're, I'm trying to build a buffet line for you guys. You know, this table is only getting bigger. Yeah. The buffet's on the ferry, by the way, (laughs) (laughs) first time anyone's ever had a buffet on a ferry. (laughs) 
That's right. I like Steamboat Willie. <laughs> one day, you know, we're, we're going to look back on this and one day, maybe, maybe not necessarily a ferry, but some sort of, some sort of ship build a pickleball <laughs> court on there and I'm going to have a buffet and we're going to talk about this. I'm going to invite all my friends and the, the content creators and yeah, we're going to have games and we're going to be on this boat with a potluck, you know, on a buffet and it's going to be dope. Let's just have some pho please on there. Oh, for sure. Shout out to pho please. If uh, you guys can sponsor me, that'd be great. I, lo- <laughs> I love your bond me. <laughs> Shout out to Joey Wild too. He's like one of the local pros going back to Australia, but he's, he DM me uh, like after our uh, lunch date. And he was yeah. like, dude, love, love pho please. <laughs> that's was like, it yeah. was good. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Man, that's awesome to hear. But to hear like you say that is definitely like inspiring. Yeah. Cause you never know like back to the four currencies. You don't, no, you, you open up, you're giving your knowledge to somebody and uh, you potentially build a relationship with them. And now they have more knowledge and you don't know who they know. You don't know what they have. They could turn into something more fruitful. So I give it out, you know, open-handedly. Like, yes, take this knowledge that I have. You ask me, If you ask me questions, I try and, you know, disperse it and give it to the best of my ability because... You never know what's going to come back, come back around. You have helped. Um, you and Chris helped me when I was like filming at Rockwall uh, about like camera settings. That sounds so small and minimal, but like that was something that like stuck with me. But there's there's also many other ways that you've helped. You've, of course, like you've talked about the channels and just having a, just having a soundboard. Back to what you're saying. I, I really like that fear. I think that's kind of how, maybe not in pickleball per se, but just kind of how I like to think about the decisions I make in my life. I make, we make decisions, at least I think people make decisions based off of two things, either fear or freedom. It could be the same exact decision. Fear or reward and re- freedom is right. a reward. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. You get a job, you, you, get, you go to work, right? It's one decision, same decision. But if you, you do it because you're afraid to be out on the streets or you can't pay your bills, that's out of fear. But if you do it, because you want the money to buy what you want or to go on vacation or something or to invest in something else that is a decision made like made for freedom and finding that balance can be difficult sometimes because if you base it too much on freedom right or reward right you can you can become reckless and recklessness can lead to ruin but if you make decisions too many decisions based off of fear that leads to unhappiness and misery or you just never move at all this is true you literally just in i forgot what that syndrome is called analysis paralysis or in your home there's people who never leave their home mm -hmm. just fear if you never leave your home like you never get to meet people right you never have these like opportunities simple things Mm -hmm. um yeah i've asked that question on mostly the the yola media launch day i asked like anna i asked colin and ben will never release the ben one because the audio was god awful (laughs) Uh, chris even tried to help me out with that thank you chris um but it was too bad to even salvage but i asked that i was like are you driven by reward or fear and everyone's like oh well it's like silly to be silly to be driven by fear so like reward you have to like yeah, I don't mean like hundred percent fear, like you just right. said, but it's like there's a balance. Yeah, always yeah. a balance, right? I'm, 
I still think that like I'm definitely fearful of like I could be homeless and you're like reminded of that in Austin. Maybe yes. it's just because of like where I live, but you're reminded of that every, like every time you leave the house, not saying that homelessness is unique to Austin, but if you're like constantly seeing it, then you're like, I, that could very easily happen to me. Mm-hmm. Just a series of bad circumstances or series of bad events, but series of unfortunate events could just happen. And just like that, it could just be like gone or yeah. Yeah. It's scary. Scary to think about. And that could have very well been me (laughs) as well. You know, I wasn't sure what I was going to do. Your bets couldn't have paid off. Right. You you couldn't, you, you couldn't know, but also at the same time, betting on pickleball, at least right now is (laughs) kind of safe. Wouldn't you say it's, it's just, there's so much there right now so much is happening so much money is pouring in so much opportunity and so i think about it you know how you framed it you know you took a risk you poured this money in and whatnot and i would like to think that it was because of my hard work and you know savvy decision making but also at the same time it's just being lucky being at the right place at the right time you know so there's that as well and pickleball is just exploding right now forgot who said it. it may have been chris clark from toss and spin he's like dude you could throw a rock in any direction and it'll hit something yeah. like just the way pickleball is um it's a good thing and it's a bad thing because you see very how can i put this nicely <laughs> companies that have <laughs> here we go company is using the wrong decisions and you can see how those decisions pay off. Right. Um, but yeah, it's crazy. I, I really don't have anything like deep to go into. It's just, <laughs> there's a lot of shitty companies is what I'm trying to say. There's a lot of really <laughs> companies that just like put out and like Mike Gottfried from pickles said that he's like, we're not picking our items from a catalog. We're doing the research. We're doing the right things. And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I, I I respect that. That's how you ideally want it. But I also get why people are in it for money because this country for a period of time was like held by people who like it was propped up by people who did it for money. And a lot of them are immigrants. Like immigrants came here for a better life. A lot of them made decisions based on money. Yeah, because they needed to provide for the family like they needed to send money back home like and I like I get that. But yeah, it's just interesting to see. There's just a lot of companies. You're just like, why? Why are you doing this? Like Mm -hmm. must be working, I guess. Right. Well, right now it's because I think you just have to be present. You don't have to be good within the, the space. Like you just have to be present to find success. So if you just had a paddle company or you just had a podcast or whatnot you just have to be present and you can find some success but soon as our industry and our community grows as pickleball grows you're gonna have to be good as well you know you're gonna have to be good people are gonna be competing like you know soon for market share and whatnot but i think because of the growth that we have you don't have to worry about it so much and that's why you see Companies, you see content out there. I you're, you're gonna say something that starts with a P. <laughs> <laughs> it ends with tech. 
<laughs> no, I wasn't going to go there. That's for Chris to do. <laughs> but yeah. Chris, hurry up and get to Austin. Yes. <laughs> P and <Yeah>. Tech. <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. Like, uh, so early and it's going to be crazy. Like, I, that's also another fear. I'm like, there's going to be someone like, I mentioned this already with like Chris, but like Peter McKinnon or someone like Dunna yeah. or some content creator like Jake Lewis from that creative director, like mm-hmm. his stuff looks so sharp. He's already doing great things. Like right. PPA made the right decision hiring that guy. Um, and he just seems like a cool guy, very open, but you watch him or you watch someone like Gox or GX ACE and you're like, Oh man, if yes. this person comes in, yeah, the content would be phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And yeah. there, yeah, and you're you're seeing it more and more, but I'm not too worried about. It. Are you worried about it? What? Just like other people coming in to the space, like what if somebody else came in that had the almost like the same perspective or that? It motivates me. Yeah. Yeah, it motivates me. All like right. I, as soon as I saw you, I've been holding back from saying this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, I need to know. <laughs> you weren't so much of a big deal, but it was actually Chris and Brionis when I saw them. And uh, also, there's, yeah, when I saw their stuff, I was like, these mother <laughs> dude, I'm gonna fucking, <laughs> I'm taking this shit personally now. <laughs> I told my brother, dude, I was just like, I'm gonna make stuff better than them. Mm-hmm. But it's not like it, I don't come from a malicious, like, right. Yeah, malicious place, right? Like Jordan Briones, I've been watching his stuff since primetime pickleball, watching him slide around the court. Yeah. And like being able to see him like earn a living with his like wife Katrina and they're like kids. You're like, dude, what the heck? This dude is like super cool. And then like, of course, I met Chris and just mm-hmm. like, dude, wouldn't hurt a fly. Um, yeah. But I don't really know where I was going with that. Uh, oh yeah, just competition. Yeah, if someone comes into the space, I'll be like, "Cool!" Like, now I have to up my game. <laughs> Chris, what did he put out? He put out something that was like kind of different from his normal stuff. Did he always do interviews? No. When the pickleball effect came out, I was like, "What am I waiting for? What am I doing right now? I need to say no to like everything else that isn't the thing that I'm like am am focused on." Mm-hmm. And then when he did like even just something small like the shoe review, I was like. What am I waiting for? Like, yeah. Why am I waiting? Like, Let's do it. Yeah. As soon as I see someone do it, I'm like, okay. Yes. Yeah. T- like, time to time <laughs> to lace up. We're about to, <laughs> about to put the gloves on. I'm, I'm essentially just really actually just fighting myself. Probably. I'm like that guy who's like shadow boxing in this bathroom. I see. Yeah. But you, you like the competition, huh? You like, you're. You, would you say you're a competitive person? People ask me this all the time. Yeah. And I think I'm finally comfortable to say yes okay i'm a like very competitive person yeah there's nothing and, wrong with that yeah i used to be kind of like ashamed to say that really um, yeah but everywhere i look at it i'm like oh i'm so competitive i'm like petty competitive oh petty like, i will take it very personally and that's just i'm like for a while i blamed it on the korean han <laughs> i was like this is the korean in me right jeff <laughs> yep. yep this is a korean that's in the me. word for it yeah the korean, it's the korean han. han man um but yeah just always been i it's just like jealousy i think at the end of the day it's just jealousy i remember when the youngest instance that happened was at my neighbor's birthday party it's like this girl she was like probably a couple years younger than me went to like i think it was like chuck e cheese and it was around the time that Pocahontas came out. Okay. 
and she got the raccoon like stuffed animal we're yeah. like riding on the car ride back i didn't realize she had it and then she was like showing everyone she's like i got the i got the raccoon i got the raccoon i was like where's mine (laughs) (laughs) it scarred me forever because i think my brother said i like cried too because i didn't get it and i was like i have to work for everything like like right like you have to earn stuff and i think that was also an important lesson but i'm so competitive running group I try to set my ego aside. It is very difficult in huh. my head the whole time. I'm like, how am I going to dust this mother? <laughs> like, yeah, we got to get you and, and Chris in a room to do something competitive against each other. I would love to see it. Yeah, but I'm also too emotional. Chris seems very methodical. Obviously, he did the Rubik's Cube stuff like speed cubing. He would like crush me because he's just strategic. <laughs> I'm just driven by a lot more like emotion. emotion I see. Which... That has a ceiling. The strategic, uh, yeah, no no cap there. For I sure. see. I see. Yeah. <laughs> it's There you go. Everyone knows now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that you're a competitive person and that it's fueled by emotion. Yeah. Yeah. Now just, we know. <laughs> yeah. Just trying to be vulnerable here. Uh, what the hell? That wasn't on this list. <laughs> Um, are you supposed to be interviewing dude, me or am I supposed to be interviewing yeah, you? What's what going is on this here? Jedi mind tricks. <laughs> Chris, help me. Dude, what's happening? Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on Selkirk? Yeah, I like Selkirk. I think they their mission, you know, even just what they say, we are pickleball. That kind of aligns with me and this guy, dude, he's you know? just like manifesting so much. <laughs> if anyone wants to like learn how to manifest this guy, that should be your next video. Oh, how, how to manifest. Oh yeah. How to, oh, you know what my next video should be is how to manifest a gold medal in men's doubles four or five and above, you know, with Chris Olsen or Jeff Lee or whoever, because my doubles game has not been great at the, at the tournament. Yo, Brionis, help him out. Yeah, no, that's What's why we had on? the call. No, Brionis, I know what I know what Jordan would say. He would just say, well, you just need to drill more. And, you know, he's right. But back uh, to Selkirk, I think they're doing, you know, amazing things. And they are just going hard. I think they have a clear one year, three year, five year, 10 year plan for pickleball and each phase of, you know, their, their plan, they're, they're putting action into it. Right. I mean, I mean, I know you see it. You you can't go on social media without seeing I can't something. See it you can't because <laughs> it's in camo. <laughs> I can see you don't like the camo shirts. <laughs> I think they're all right. Um, their new stuff I think is a little bit better. You're right, 100%. Pablo Teas was rocking that zip that the you zip? showed me. Yeah, yeah it's Pablo clean. Teas, Pablo Teas should basically be their like model for, yeah, because he's got like the look, the look. He's got smile. that kind of, yeah, that he, South American. He he for for whatever reason I don't know what it is about Pablo, but he each time I see him, he reminds me of Denzel Washington. I don't know if it's his smile or like the shape of his face, but I see Denzel Washington. So I mean, if he if he hears this, I hope he takes that as a compliment. Training day. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes he's a savage out there on the courts, just like yeah. Denzel from Training Day. Um, he's smooth. Yeah, he's cool. He's cool. Uh, but yeah, Sucker just has a plan for pickleball, and they want to grow the sport. And I think they're doing a lot of good things, and just really want to be a resource for everyone and all kind of levels of the sport, from the pros 
to the amateurs, they love they love pickleball and they love their players. They don't like they don't call them customers. They call them players. Oh, this is our player. Like if they play with a <laughs> a paddle or whatnot, or they rock their gears. Like this is a player. But yeah, you can't you can't be in pickleball and not like see some of their ads or their posts or somebody who is sponsored by them and somewhat sometimes it's, it's honestly kind of annoying <laughs> i'm sure i know it's annoying for you you you've mentioned this to me before but i think uh it's good for you know the sport of pickleball they are kind of leading the way in kind of all aspects you know because they're willing to take a chance right exactly they're willing to take a chance on not just like merch paddles content uh, they've like done like sponsored events. Like right. They're taking a risk on Making everything. applications and, not, and yeah. resources. And not everything is going to land. And that's where I think they get a lot of criticism. Mostly just talking about myself, but mm-hmm. I'm realizing that now it's like, if you take a lot of risks, like this might not be the greatest example, but Mark Zuckerberg, like meta mm-hmm. huge risk, but who else is really doing it? Right, And he admits it himself, right? He's like, this is a massive risk. This might not even pay off right now. But he's like, I know that this is going to be like a stepping stone in the future to some degree. He's like, it might not work now. and It might like uh, flop. Yeah, the the company might flop. But he's like, 20, 50 years from now, someone's going to be able to like use what we did. And it's going to help like create what they're doing yeah maybe exactly. not Selkirk's not to that degree but you are saying they're trying so many different things that they do deserve some credit there yeah. um and yeah that is cool despite yeah <laughs> despite some of the stuff that you see or the ads you're being fed yeah i hear it i hear it <laughs> did you so. film that commercial with ignatowich with chris yeah that was us and ghost content creator like, <laughs> you see chris he, he he sent me a photo of himself filming but i didn't see anything with will no i just like i don't i actually don't like being in the spotlight all too much and i'm i'm perfectly happy being a ghost content creator or just not really promoting myself all too much right at least at this point in my life, maybe a past me, a me from five, six years, a decade ago, you know, would be chasing that kind of recognition. But I, like I said, I just don't care <laughs> to do it anymore. I like seeing the results of the work that I did. And I was like, oh man, I made that. And just to know that I did that and to have the people that I care about know that I helped them with that and did that, that's like enough satisfaction, uh, for me to be quite honest because what am i chasing to get some of this clout now because in a couple of years i don't know people won't even remember right like so does it matter from like that 70 year old who's like oh my god your video is so <laughs> awesome like I, I love that i i will say one thing so today when we were filming uh with zane and uh maurice the grease came through and he's never met zane or whatnot before they th- this is their first time meeting in person and he was stoked to see zane but when he came in he saw me with the camera he's like yo is that pickleball like he was more hyped to see me than to see zane i just thought that was the funniest thing butterfly does make it worth it oh okay yeah when i see like people at the court or I, like i'm just playing at the court and someone like went up to me like hey aren't you building pickleball i'm like yeah 
this is so ridiculous. <laughs> like I created a, like a video and someone is like recognizing me and I'm just like, of course we're not doing it for the recognition, but to see like, I guess like credit credits do and to get that get, reach. It's cool. And some people like when they see your content because it's education was informative, you know, it had an impact more than just like, Oh, it's just a face. It's like, no, this guy's creating content that has an effect. It's not like I'm just creating like these ridiculous TikTok videos where I'm just <laughs> dubbing a voice and Dang, TikTok I'm not, hater. I'm not aiming that at anyone in particular, but <laughs> okay. I don't, I, that's just content. I, I, I don't like it. But when you put out like educational and informative content, you really are. You're like the perfect spokesperson for Selkirk University. <laughs> But yeah, like people are going to remember that. And like, if there is someone who like gets from like three, five to four, Oh, they're like, yo, like will was a part of like that transition and helped me grow as a player. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's it's, it is cool. And like you said, it's also kind of weird too. When people come to you and say, like, Hey, I saw that. Thanks. Or they just want to meet you. That still kind of, uh, blows my mind. Like when I go to some tournaments and Dude, uh, those road what is it rodil jen rodil yeah jen and like her boyfriend or husband is her husband yeah husband? yeah well, they yeah. were like rocking the shirt too, yeah rocking the they shirt were, like taking photos with y'all and i was like dude what the hell these guys <laughs> like they just met like taylor swift or harry styles <laughs> yeah, i think that's so funny yeah it was cool though yeah and uh yeah meeting some of the the people who have kind of also followed me from very early on you know, from the pod and like day one when I had only like a thousand subs, like not even like when I went to Seattle, a uh, family, this guy named Adrian came through. Uh, granted, Vancouver is not that far from Seattle, but he drove through with his family. And one of the main reasons was, yeah, he wanted to check out the PBA, but he wanted to like meet me in person. And I thought that was cool. I was like, oh, hey, man, what's up? And uh, that's kind of like a cool feeling. I think it will be crazy when... I meet somebody, but not in a pickleball setting. I think that's when it'll really hit me. Because right now I, I go to events and people recognize me. I go to a pickleball court, people recognize me and they say, what's up? And that's 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 really dope. I love it. But also sometimes I go to court, people have no idea who I am. And that's also cool too. But if I go to, to like the grocery store or something and somebody sees me and recognize me, I think that's when it'll be like, whoa, okay, this is kind of wild. But I think it's it's bound to happen with so many people playing pickleball and people getting to the sport i know it's happened to uh kyle a couple times he yeah yeah he mentioned that he was at the basketball camp yeah he's like oh yeah this mom i couldn't tell if kyle was just making the story up because he wanted to sound cool but nah, <laughs> no, i'm just kidding <laughs> kyle could it's, it's hard to tell with kyle sometimes and also by the way kyle come back here and clean up your room <laughs> yeah it's filthy pig, pig sty <laughs> uh i'm not sure if it that has happened to uh, Chris yet, but I think that would be kind of funny. I had to get to ask him like how what the stardom was like in speed cubing. Oh yeah, it was insane. Yeah. Like eighty eight thousand <laughs> subscribers on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. and he, this isn't even like now YouTube. This is like ten years ago. YouTube. Right, right. Yeah, he's a star. I I, t I think it's cool to meet. Anybody who's world-class at something, if you think about it, because maybe me 10 years ago and maybe some of my friends like, oh, you're the world, like, you know, you hold a world record in speed cubing, but you're like, oh, that's, 
whatever, right? But to me, it doesn't, I, I don't even care if you, you could be, I don't know, the best chopstick stacker in the world or whatever, you could do something random. But if you are world-class at something, that to me is a really cool thing because how many people can say I'm world-class at something? Like I, I can't even say I'm world-class or was world-class at something. World-class con- a ghost content creator. Uh, <laughs> that's even a thing, but yeah. They're going to have a ghost awards. <laughs> No one's going to know it existed. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> no one's invited to it. It actually doesn't exist, right? It's just in my mind, you know? Uh, you're giving out the uh, award. On, on your boat ferry. <laughs> <laughs> what, would the, what would the award look like? It would just, you know, would it just be like a, a piece of wood, an imaginary? It'd be like a cloud. <laughs> <laughs> you like... It's like there, but it's not there. It's not, yeah. It's just gone by the like an hour from now. <laughs> you lost this award now. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of like the lizard upstairs. Kyle, what? <laughs> why did you leave a lizard in my place, dude? That lizard just lives in the sink. Okay. Oh, so you know this lizard? Does it have a name? Kyle Kazuda. <laughs> <laughs> little little Kazuda. Little K. Little K. I think. <laughs> I was like, oh man. Dude, Kyle just in here for like 18 hours and drops a lizard off. And then he's <laughs> like, here you go. And then he just disappeared. I, I don't even, I haven't even heard from him since. He brought it all the way from Arizona. Yeah. Pretty sure he just brought it in his bag. He's like, hey, I just picked this up in Oklahoma <laughs> at this basketball camp. And he just dropped it off. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He was there. I missed him because I was in uh, Seattle. But yeah, he was in Oklahoma doing, doing a little camp. Very like. Yeah, that guy has everything he has for very good reason. The way he's just like very business minded and savvy, the like iPad, constantly carrying his iPad with like notes and like speaking about the books that he's read, the knowledge he's accumulated. I'm like, this guy, now I'm taking it personally. I wanna be <laughs> yeah. I started I started journaling. Yeah, I was like, this is how I'm All gonna compete. This is how I'm gonna compete with Kyle Kazuda. Oh dang. Um, just kidding. I'm actually not. <laughs> <laughs> what are you like currently learning about speaking of just like learning and stuff? Learning honestly the YouTube, just how to navigate youtube i'm learning uh, just how other creators collaborate how they monetize their systems that they have in place and how to just become more efficient right and i am reading a few books here and there uh uh with atomic habits and uh but also i'm now starting to read more fiction just for fun yeah. Have you heard of Blake Crouch? No, I haven't. Well, actually, what kind of uh, fiction do you read? Uh, well, right now, uh, I've been reading the uh, Legend of uh, Kiyoshi, the Avatar, the last Airbender books. I do. <laughs> just, Every Avatar. Dude, yeah. I lo- he I, loves it. If, I love if it. If you're Avatar fans, this is the guy that you want to talk to. I mean, I don't know about that. There's some crazy fans out there, but I do like it, but it was really just an easier kind of book to read just so I can kind of get through it and just enjoy it right because sometimes when I read I feel like I'm I'm working like it's I'm kind of doing a chore I'm I'm not really reading for enjoyment 
right? And I want to enjoy the thing that I'm I'm doing. But also, I'm also reading because it is an active kind of activity. It's a it's not a passive activity, right? You have to be. It just has to be you in the book. You can't have your phone on you. You can have like a TV in the background. I mean, I guess you could, but you know, it kind of defeats the purpose. Your mind has to process it. Right. And and you're right. You're right. And that is a skill and like an exercise for your, for your brain. Right. If you're still looking for like easy read book recommendations. Yeah. You ever read Nicholas Sparks? I think I have. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the author, right? That sounds awfully familiar. I feel like somebody recommended that to me and, or let me borrow. And I, I read it like a while ago. Sounds familiar. You notebook fan, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you a notebook fan? The notebook? The That's, notebook. So he wrote that. That's yeah. him. Yeah. I don't know. I actually never watched the notebook or read it. <laughs> well, you got your work cut out for you oh, right okay. after this, dude. You're you're not going to dinner. You're <laughs> going up straight upstairs. You're oh, gonna you go watch it. the notebook. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> go, go right to your room. You're gonna go watch the notebook, and you're not allowed out. Until you finish the movie. It's like a three-hour movie. No. Uh, Notebook's great. Yeah, those are all like... A lot of his stuff is just like great. It has a bad... Not a bad rap, but it just has like a very like chick flick vibe. It just has like a very female association. Because it's like kind of lovey-dovey. There's always like a love story. and like, But it's just a very... I think the reason why it's so enjoyable... It, it's a very predictable story. Conflict. Or like, inter- like context, conflict, resolution. There's nothing to figure out. As soon as you open that book, you're like, this this guy, this girl. Oh, I know what's going to happen in the end. But you're like, cool. I'm, I am still curious about how. But there's no, there's no twist or like, turns work. I see to be done. Usually, like a happy outcome. You're like, mm. oh, okay, I know that. If you want, I'm going to be done with this. It's going to be happy. I honestly didn't think I'd be talking about Nicholas Sparks on this podcast, but here we are. <laughs> Dude, these Jedi mind tricks, man. You're like trying to get me to open up. <laughs> it wasn't up. me. <laughs> That's all you, bro. I don't know how these tangents even happen, but it's just interesting to see how the tangents and conversations kind of go and flow. It happens. It's been much better in person. This is probably like, even though I just had Kyle, I wasn't all there mm-hmm. and it didn't flow as like well as this. So this has been dope. Yeah. I appreciate it. Shoot. Take that, Kyle. Ha! <laughs> Yeah, dude. He was calling out Chris the whole time. Oh, he was? Yeah, it's it's just a thing that he does. It's the thing that we do. He takes it in stride. I mean... Going from, you know, you have, like, Chris in your life. Um, and he's, like, obviously a very, like, influential person and uh, someone who's had a profound impact on your life. Yeah. Like, you he's know where this next question is going? No, I don't. Tell me. <laughs> it's the first time. You're lying. <laughs> <laughs> Am I? Who's the most influential person in your life? Hey, I mean, there's a few people I would say, but right now, if I had to pick one, it would definitely be Chris, like for sure. Uh, but other people that either are tied or close, right? I can think of maybe five. So obviously my dad, maybe not always. I, I know it's kind of a generic answer, but I wouldn't have said that maybe three, four years ago. It's only come into, I guess, into my perspective now because one thing that he said to me a while ago was you know if you have the opportunity to do something you might as well do it well and you know your parents always say that oh you'll thank me later for this and I don't think 
I've been truly grateful for those things and those lessons he's taught me until very recently, like those things will hit. Like you'll just start thinking about them. I was like, oh yeah, man, my dad taught me that. And honestly, um, when I look back on his life, you know, being an immigrant, you know, escaping the Khmer Rouge, coming here to, you know, can first Canada, a completely different climate, learning a completely different language and making things happen. And he's, he's, he's the American dream. You know, he retired early, started an own business. And I would say he's very successful. And I would say, man, if I was half the man he was like, I, I could die a happy man. So he's, he's one. Uh, the next up is even though I don't really talk to him that much anymore, but every once in a while I see him, I know if I, I saw him, like we would just like feel like nothing has, has changed is my buddy, Alan Jung. He, I would, I would give him a lot of the credit for, uh, building my character and my confidence because, uh, we met at Virginia tech and he was a B-boy and, uh, I would go and I practice with him and we would actually go to jams and we would compete and, you know, to go out there to be out on the floor, like just kind of dancing and everybody's like kind of watching or, or even not just, you know, going out there in the ciphers, you're putting yourself out there. So that is really kind of nerve wrecking, you know, so going and, and now after that, going to do public speaking or even being on camera, things feel easy because if you can like dance in front of a group of people or crowd of people that's pretty hard to do and to do with confidence but he's also taught me about being myself and uh leaning into my own style like like leaning to my own brand that kind of mentality comes from him he taught me that uh he also taught me to like not be so nice <laughs> as well i would say i'm a pretty nice guy but before it would be to the point where maybe some people would consider me somewhat of a pushover but he taught me to also lean into aggression and anger because he's like, yo, that's an emotion like that human beings have and you don't always have to kind of control it or kind of just keep it all in, you know? It's, it's there for you to express, of course, express in the right way. And a lot of it was through the dancing and the competition. You know, you could express it in that. So he's the next one for... I guess just confidence, right? And then after that, it's my buddy Joseph Lay, the film director, artist who now works in Hollywood doing martial arts and action design. Like that's just kind of inspirational. He, you know, Shang-Chi, he worked with Marshall Club for Everything Everywhere All at Once, which is one of my favorite movies. He kind of, I would say, I would say taught me artistry. He, he used to say it and he, he used to say, oh, I, like budding artists, they, they want to say, I want to make something, I want to create something that changes people's lives. Like they, they want to change like millions or hundreds of people's lives out there. And I just remember one time we had this heart to heart and I said, dude, like you've changed my life. Like just doing following your dreams and your passion or whatnot like you're you're an artist because he, he would he would have this what's it called um uh imposter syndrome like he's a filmmaker and artist and he just wanted like he's like you know artist people are supposed to uplift people and whatever and i was like dude you've, you've done that with me you're an artist even if it's one person uh so him and he also taught me the technical aspects of like video and whatnot and then next up would have to be my friend 
and I guess ex-girlfriend now, her name is B Law. She was, I think, the first person to just support me in pickleball. You know, I, I, I think unconditionally just support me and like cheer me on, right? Because there's other people in your lives that support you, like, you know, your family support you, but there's there's always kind of like a but or, you know, it comes from a good place, but uh, B just wholeheartedly like, yeah, go travel, go do this, right? And to, I guess, maybe a detriment to our relationship because at the time I was traveling a lot, trying to go to these events or whatnot, and I was kind of putting our relationship, you know, second, and she was for it. And even till this day, she doesn't uh, hold it against me, right? And so that support was great. And of course, Chris, you know, to find the success that I have found, right? And where I'm at now, like those are the people in my lives that I would say have the biggest impact on me. Yeah, man, hearing about B, those are like really important people, significant people that we hopefully can keep a relationship with because the most significant people and the most important people are the ones who selflessly push you and propel you to become the person that you need to be right and that you want to be mm-hmm. and they'll do it while sacrificing what they might have with you right so uh hats off to her and like yeah chris your buddy like uh that's working in the film industry too mm-hmm. that alan guy that's awesome man um i'm about all out of water <laughs> that candle glasses super black yeah and we got food to eat yeah and jeff's been doing <laughs> so much like those calves aren't going to waste <laughs> things are thick um but man thank you for doing this thank you for like sharing your insights and not holding things back, not being a gatekeeper, especially from someone like myself coming from a smaller channel and just trying to express myself creatively. Um, You're always like out there with a helping hand. You've pretty much never said no, which uh, I try not to take advantage of and hope that other people don't do it to you as well. But um, just fortunate that you're able to stay at my house while you're visiting and that you even consider it. Um, so appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you for making the time and thank you for being a guest on building pickleball. Heck yeah. Whoa. Make sure you like, comment, subscribe, do all the things. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. Where can people find you? (laughs) Oh, for me, you just find me on YouTube. It's just pickleball. Will on the socials pickleball. Will. uh, it's, uh, I don't know. I post from time to time. Maybe you'll get lucky. Maybe not. If not, you can definitely check me out on the Pickleball Studio podcast. Of course, that is probably the most uh, consistent piece of content that uh, I'm a part of from week to week. <laughs> so We out. <laughs> Look at this guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, hey. two content creators yeah. in one month. What up, bro? You just dump. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. I got this.
Damn. In the flesh. ATX in we Austin, here. Texas. <laughs> Woo! What's up, dog? What's happening? Dang, I didn't know. Shoot, I got picked up in the nice whip. Dude, the nice cam. I crept up on Kyle. He was not ready for this at all. Oh, for <laughs> Dude, he was like stumbling his work. <laughs> because the drive is extra long, but the flight, let's see, I left at 10. Actually, it was like a two hour, two hour flight. Okay. Yeah, easy. How long is the drive? The drive is like seven hours. Wait. It's only seven hours? Yeah, the drive is like seven hours. Seven, oh, seven to eight hours, something like that. I've that, done it once. That's not as bad as I thought. Yeah. I thought it was gonna be like 12 or like 16 or something. No, man, dude, Oklahoma is just north of Texas. Like it takes me four hours to drive to Dallas. What? Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Dude, it's we're like the same distance from Dallas. <laughs> it's, I know. It's so funny because people just think like Oklahoma's nowhere, but Dude. I mean, which it kind of is, but it's it's just north of Texas. <laughs> Oklahoma might as well be in like, like Utah to me. Right. Like, that far away. Yo, this man is actually driving <laughs> while vlogging at the same time. You're so extra. <laughs> Do you want me to hold this camera? <laughs> I should have offered sooner. And and an Asian driver too. What are you talking about? We're the best drivers. Y'all seen Tokyo Drift? Dude, I was just talking shit about Austin drivers. And really? Like, wait, wait. And, is... also, and I'm the guy with the fucking camera while driving. <laughs> or, or what's worse, Austin drivers or DC drivers? Ooh, I think Austin. Dude, yeah. I had a friend when he was visiting. He was actually from Virginia. And he, yeah. he doesn't play pickleball or anything, but he was just in town. And he's just like, the first thing he says, like, dude, there's just no concern for safety here. And I was like, that's the nicest way you could possibly put it. <laughs> he just saw like pure recklessness like everywhere. He's like, just dude, just no concern for safety. I took him to La Barbecue. He's like, this is the greatest part of my entire trip. Really? Yeah, man. I haven't it's, experienced that in Austin or in Texas in general. Like so far, Texas in general driving has been a breeze. We can change that. No, let's not change that. <laughs> well, you got you got some NAS or some some turbos up here. I don't even know about. <laughs> Living life a quarter mile at a time. Baby. Oh my gosh! And I can't believe you live six minutes away from the airport. That's closer than me. I thought I lived closer to the airport. People come and visit you out in Oklahoma. Okay, here's the th here's the funny thing. No, 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 no. Here's the funny. I've been all over the states. Okay, I've I've lived or have you know been in parts of the country for three to six months at a time. Seattle, Chicago. I've lived in Florida for a bit. Right, all those places. Almost no visitors. When I moved to Tulsa, Oklahoma, I've gotten more visitors than I've ever had. What the fuck? In my life kind of crazy what do people say about Tulsa when they visit you yeah they're like oh yeah it's it's cool it's not surprised <laughs> it's, it's not like they're bad. it's yeah exactly it's they're they're surprised and uh, I'm, I'm not gonna lie I was surprised as well it's just a different vibe uh, I will say that it feels at least um, I haven't been to Austin prior to it just you know on the blow up you know on the come up but um, 